0: Mora conducts physician-led support groups, helping people live healthier, happier lives free from chronic diseases like diabetes, hypertension, and obesity. And on our podcast, Health & Mora with Dr. Lori Marbus, we bring to you nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests to empower and inspire you with their knowledge and stories of plant-based lifestyle so that you can be your healthiest self. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus. And today I'm excited to welcome a vegan entrepreneur, plant based, and really some interesting talk about healthy alternatives um, to chocolate. So, Rem Selmi, welcome.
1: Thank you. Hi, welcome. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Yeah, so I'm excited to really kind of hear your story and why you chose, you know, to start a company in this in this type of area because it being an entrepreneur myself and (laughs) having multiple companies, I totally can appreciate the the struggles and the stresses and a lot of struggles. (laughs) A lot of struggles, struggles, yeah, but it's also worth it in the end. So um, can you tell us first of all, a little bit about your plant-based training? Like what even got you into this type of um, way of eating? Because I feel like that really inspires people to be innovative and see different things.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I used to uh, work a very hectic job. um, And, and I, I arrived to a point where I was totally like, Basically, my food would rely upon, like, um, yeah, would rely upon sugar and caffeine. Like, this would be like a lot of sweets and just to keep the energy boost because I would, uh, I would, I mean, I used to do like very long hours. Mm-hmm. And when I quitted my job, I felt totally uh, exhausted, miserable, um, and and I, I genuinely didn't feel good. So um, I started to go on a dairy free challenge for a couple of weeks. Um, just to see how how I would feel after that and I saw amazing results Mm -hmm. so then I thought okay so let's push it a bit more and let's go like vegan for two weeks and um and this was probably the best decision I've ever done like Mm -hmm. taken for myself Um, I saw amazing results and um this is where I I decided to to follow this plant-based lifestyle and then and then I uh, I convinced quite a few people around me when they saw my energy, like the the, the kind of the mood shift, the um, a lot of things, like a lot of changes happening. Um, they started to get more and more interested, um, like my husband, for example, and um, and they progressively changed their lifestyle too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so so yeah, so this was really my journey. It really came from um, my work that totally exhausted me um, where I gave everything and I would sleep with very little hours um, and 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 arriving to a point where I wanted to do something for myself. Gotcha what was your work before? Um, I used to work in investment banking so Mm -hmm. um, very hectic. Yes yes I
0: my goodness gracious okay and then as far as um, other symptoms. So you have a little one and you had mentioned um, in your profile that you had also had a history of gestational diabetes. What was that like to know that, oh, wow, something is going on here with my body and you're trying to, you know, grow a little person inside of you. What was that like, that feeling? And then how did that move into, you know, looking at the chocolates in your company?
1: Yeah, sure. So basically what happened, I... Okay, so it was. I have a sweet tooth, and um, and when I was um, like when I was pregnant, I would travel a lot for work, um, mm. and and again went back to this exhaustion circle, and 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 like me wanting to do something for myself. But the problem is because I have a sweet tooth and I couldn't say no to my cravings, I contracted gestational diabetes, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: and I knew I had gestational diabetes only on the last term of the pregnancy. Wow. So, um, and my baby uh, went upside down last minute, like oh. two weeks prior giving birth wow. and it was very dangerous. And they said, okay, we have to reposition her in your, in your belly and and all of a sudden I went for, um, they were just supposed to reposition her and all of a sudden I had to get to give birth. Um, wow. And it was very, very difficult. Um, it was very difficult for me. As a result, my child, I mean, apparently she, she developed something called, I, can't, I don't even know how it's called uh, in English. I'm so sorry. Um, but okay. our doctor told us that she had 50% chance of surviving. So, um, so these, I think really made me realize that your diet can just have like so much consequences, not only on yourself, but also on your baby and, and, and also on people around you, because when you feel great in your, like in your skin and you're, you're, you're just like confident and, and people see that. And so it really made me think twice about my diet. So during the gestational diabetes, what I did, like during the, the pregnancy, what I did, I started like to look for uh, alternatives. So low sugar or no added sugar chocolate, for example. Chocolate is my favorite thing on earth, <laughs> and um, and then so I went to Whole Foods, I went to Target, on Amazon, like and like many like Wegmans, like at that time I used to 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 work in New York, to to live in New York, and. And the thing is, I was so disappointed, like so disappointed, because having like this European background, like chocolate is something that is culturally very, very present. Mm-hmm. Not just as children, but also like as like it's very gourmet for us. And um, and, and I was very disappointed because I felt there was a letdown either in the taste, strong aftertaste, in the low mm-hmm. sugar uh, products. Uh, or the texture, the mouthfeel. There were a lot of things I wasn't very happy about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I thought, okay, I think I can do something here. I, I think I can bring something. And um, and this is where I really uh, this idea was initially a seed planted in my mind that became um, quickly a business.
0: Wow. Okay. So, when did you launch your business?
1: Was this after you had your little one? I'm assuming. Um... Yes yes yeah, yeah. so the research and development phase takes a lot of time especially mm-hmm. i wanted to go back to the roots of chocolate what is mm-hmm. really like a good chocolate bar um, because something that like a lot of big companies create like in their chocolate bars they add so much sugar to mm-hmm. create a good texture but just to balance the fact that the like, for example, they don't pick good cocoa beans like good quality cocoa beans, uh, so it can, it can be very bitter and those kinds of, so they will add, for example, milk powder to offset that or they will add a lot of uh sugar for for the texture and and those kind of things so i I just wanted to go back to what is a good chocolate how much cocoa should we put in a chocolate to make it a milk chocolate or a dark chocolate or white chocolate and they took like the standards the european standards that are more strict than the u.s ones for like a good a good chocolate and then we just went back to like basically a sweetener blend. Like we 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 decided to really focus on a sweetener blend that had no aftertaste um, and and the mouthfeel that was very close to a normal chocolate. Mm. So
0: what makes a good cocoa bean or what makes a good chocolate bar? I was just curious. Okay. What so are your co- standards, the European standards? Yes.
1: So cocoa beans <laughs> is more like, um, it's really like, the taste it, it, like cocoa beans like grow in different regions so um, it's very present in um, in Latin America but it's also present in like you can find some in uh, in Africa as well so it's all about for us like a good cocoa bean is all about the taste when it's bitter it's not it's generally not a good one but it's also mm-hmm. uh, generally like people that like when they have, and this is like the the whole debate around fair trade, like you know, providing a, a higher um, compensation remuneration to those farmers so that they feel more involved in uh, in growing their um, their cocoa beans, and also offering them them a better uh, lifestyle through a higher mm-hmm. like remuneration. So, um, and and the thing is, what we decided to do is, so we take our cocoa beans from Ecuador, which is like probably the best cocoa beans in the world are in Ecuador mm. um, and, and they are no bitter at all. So for example, we have some dark chocolate baking chips. You will, you will notice that it's, it's not bitter whatsoever. And then uh, what makes a good chocolate bar is basically the content of uh, cocoa, so uh, cocoa butter. Mm. Um, so for a white chocolate, it has to be very buttery. Um, and a good white chocolate can be also like it's the only bar that has to be sweet um, Mm. because of the audience that love white chocolates generally a younger audience so sweet very buttery um, and then a milk chocolate has to be very creamy um, and there you must taste um, like the notes the cocoa notes and at the same time Uh, you still need to get like some sweetness and some creaminess and the dark Mm -hmm. chocolate has to be intense um, but not bitter so these are just like it's very like general uh, but uh, it gives you a sense of like the kind of criteria we we went after so what can you walk
0: me through like what is cocoa butter What do they do to the cocoa bean to make it white milk or dark chocolate like how does that all work out especially because it's it's all plant-based like what are you using to make the milk chocolate you help you know help the novice here in me
1: (laughs) (laughs) so the reason the color changes because so for example a white chocolate does only have cocoa butter Mm. there is uh, no cocoa mass or uh, chocolate liquor while in a milk chocolate you have the cocoa butter but you also have like a cocoa mass or chocolate liquor and a dark chocolate you will have little uh, cocoa butter so I don't know if you've ever seen like raw cocoa butter it's very it's actually uh, the same color as a white chocolate bar Mm -hmm. and uh, but it has more uh, chocolate liquor and um, or cocoa mass Um, So we call it differently according to the regions, like in Europe we'll say cocoa mass and here we'll say chocolate liqueur. So it's very, that's the reason why the color, uh, the color, the color changes. Gotcha. So it's
0: just the content of the cocoa butter. So what is cocoa butter exactly? Like, is it the fat extract? Like what is, what is, what is it? (laughs) That's right. That's exactly what it is. Okay. Gotcha. So it's like taking oil from, you know, an olive, so to speak.
1: Is that kind of the same yeah, idea? I
0: think, think,
1: yeah. think you summarized it well. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So, so okay. that, that's what it is. And okay. uh, cocoa butter is amazing because it gives the fat content, but it also gives like the buttery, um, like um mouthfeel that you can have and and what we've done we also use cocoa butter actually for some baking chips so we have some Mm. peanut butter baking chips Mm -hmm. and we wanted to add them because the way I imagined like there are not a lot of peanut butter baking chips on the market and Mm -hmm. the way I imagined them was like something that was very that melts in your mouth that is very buttery that is very while um very that while um you need to feel that you're eating peanuts, but at the same time, some having this uh, feeling that it's very buttery. So mm-hmm. we even add this to um, to our peanut butter baking chips. So yeah, you're right. So gotcha.
0: Right. Okay,
1: so we're taking that and then
0: you know what makes this healthier to a consumer would be the lower sugar. So what are you using for the sugar, or the sweetener? Like explain how is this a healthier alternative to something that they would buy off the shelf at Whole Foods that you experienced previously?
1: What have you done to, like, what is, what is that difference? Yeah, so um, there are several reasons why it's, it's healthier. So if we go back to the ingredient list, there are no additives. So there is mm. no, typically you will find uh, soy lecithin, soy lecithin um, on, on a lot of uh, chocolate on the market, like, uh, but ours, we just removed the the additives um, but then the second reason why it's also uh, healthier is because it's plant-based, um, which, I mean, it's a is... no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the third reason why it's healthier is the amount of um, the amount of sugar. So in one tablespoon, like sorry, in one full bar um, of our products, you will have four grams of sugar, while um, any like any conventional bar will have between Forty and sixty grams of sugar, depending wow. on the type of chocolate bars. So yes. Yeah.
0: So, so in in just to in, in to explain, what four grams is one teaspoon of sugar? So you you have one teaspoon versus ten or more
1: <laughs> teaspoons yeah. of sugar.
0: Wow. Exactly. Okay. So
1: one teaspoon is four to five grams. Wow.
0: Um,
1: so yeah. So we have one teaspoon or less uh, of sugar, and That's uh, yeah, it's just it's just incredible. And mm. the thing is. Um, It's just our sweetener blend. So we, our sweetener blend is made of three components. So stevia. So I'm sure that everyone in your audience is familiar with stevia. So it's a botanical leaf. Um, It's been used for centuries um and and it's basically a very sweet so it has a power like 100 to 400 times so the sweetening power of of regular sugar so that's why we put just a little bit of stevia otherwise it wouldn't be edible um and and we buy our stevia from uh from the farmer directly so that we can really oversee the process and um of uh, like from the botanical leaf to to the sweetener itself. And then uh, erythritol. So we use erythritol. So the reason why we decided to use erythritol is because erythritol is actually the healthiest um, uh, form of sugar alcohol you can find. And what we found out is a lot of people, um, so our erythritol is totally fermented. So it comes from fruits, uh, from several types of fruits. Like, um, for example, uh, cantaloupe is one of the fruit that um, where um, the the sweetener, the the erythritol is extracted from, and mm. it's just like naturally created in in a few, you um, know, in, in a lot of fruits. And we used it, and when we use it, we just ferment it, because a lot of people process erythritol in different ways. So some people will have um, like it will upset their stomachs and some won't have any, any issue with that. So for the, for the people uh, who have like upset, who um, like have an upset stomach, like we, we ferment it to avoid to avoid it, to avoid these mm. scenarios. So we've never ever had one person complaining about about our products uh, saying that there is an aftertaste or is, it has upset their stomach. And mm. then we use uh, chicory root fiber um chicories can be naturally sweet and and we use the fiber uh to to create a beautiful blend with uh with stevia and erythritol so all three together mm. wow okay so you
0: came what, what was the research and development like because i mean <laughs> one of all i mean you came from europe you're from france you have you have the experience of chocolate that many americans lack so we don't even know What we're not, we're missing, which is sad. (laughs) Um, So what was that research about like, and were there hiccups? What was like the surprises? What was that part of your journey like? Because I just find that so fascinating. You're getting it from concept to looking through it and then making
1: it actually happen. I just find it so fascinating. So before answering your question, I will say that it's not. So in Europe, I created the first vegan Magnum style of ice cream. So um, in Europe when I used to live there, so it's not like my first product. And
0: oh, like wow.
1: those handheld ice creams are very, very complex to uh, to produce. And mm-hmm. the research and development, like to, to be able to, to launch this on the market in London at the time, it took me two and a half years just of research and development. Wow. And, and I launched it a year and a half before Magnum themselves. So um, So I had this background really, I mean, you know, when you, when you break through with a product that is so complex to create, chocolate is a bit easier, much easier than ice cream. So I wasn't impressed by the complexity Ah. of of chocolate. And, um, and I just did the way I did for ice cream. I just went back to what, what are the basics? What is an ice cream? Same thing here. What is a chocolate? Why, why are they several types of chocolate? Like, and and why when I buy a dark chocolate and I look the, at the ingredient list, I see some milk powder. So should it be like classified as milk chocolate? Mm. And um, like, and what is a sweetener? Because we, we wanted to go like into the low sugar space. So what is a sweetener? So I just went back to all those questions. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of research, um, and you need to be very very patient. Um, so quite frankly, I just read everything I could around this uh, like to you. be able to, to create that. Well,
0: um, I'm visiting my daughter. And this is for <laughs> Kitty Cat, if you're on YouTube and see Mr. Remy here. Um, he's been following me all morning, so <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on. with him. But anyway, he decided to jump on me a few times. <laughs> so, okay, so that's incredible. So I would let's go back a little further. So how... Let's talk about this ice cream. Like, is vegan ice cream like what? What is
1: that about? Like, where did that start? Oh my heavens! <laughs> so, um, so, when I created my job um, in investment banking, I was so I don't know if you remember, but I, I mentioned how I felt really bad um, and and very tired, yeah. and and then I started this dairy free challenge that worked very well for me, and then this paleo challenge that I absolutely love. And this is where I started like to look at uh, plant-based alternatives. But veganism or plant-based diets were not mainstream whatsoever. So mm. there was no like vegan, and I love ice creams. So there was no mm. vegan ice cream in Europe uh, in a handheld format. and wow. yeah. so wow. so that's why I, initially it was something that I would create for myself because because when I was invited um, like to friends, like for for friends' dinners or family dinner, like they would put stuff on the table that were not plant-based, uh, very heavy in eggs and um, and, and in sugar and, and everything. So I thought, okay, I'm going to create my own. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not like a low sugar ice cream. It was more like an ice cream that has one third less sugar because sugar wasn't very important to me at that time. Uh, it mm-hmm. was more like the plant-based dairy-free um, aspect that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and i used to create my own i used to have like those little amazon molds and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and then when i started the research and development i thought that it would be like creating those ice creams at home <laughs> then yeah. when i started like to do my testing and i was like oh my god like there was <clears throat> all these stuff on the floor i almost exploded the the machine and <laughs> the guys that were renting me like the 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 facilities were like okay now you either need to be better or you just get out so, <laughs> so yeah I just simply thought it oh, would be like wow. creating an ice cream at home um, wow and and yeah and then so my family and my friends were like oh that's actually very good and every time they would be like can you bring some more can you mm. and and instead of taking the dessert they would generally take after dinner they used to take my little ice creams oh that's awesome exactly so I started a new job and I, I hated it nine to five no mission no purpose no nothing right. and and then this is where my family and friends told me look you have something that is really delicious if you loved it a lot of other people other people will love it too so um wow. yeah.
0: so now that you want to <laughs> All right, what is this timeline? <laughs> so you're you were born and raised in France. Tell me in sequential order, like your life, because this is fascinating. <laughs>
1: I was born and raised in France. Um, okay. I'm uh, originally so yeah, I'm originally French. and my parents uh, are originally North Africa, so I spent a lot of time between mm-hmm. France and, and North Africa. And then um, at around the age of 23, 24, I started to work in investment banking uh, for a few years. Um, I hated it. And um, and then I quitted my job. So this is where I started, like to to just like connect the dots. This is where I started to uh, experience like plant based lifestyle, and um, and this is where I started to create my little ice creams. Gotcha. Um, I was in London at the time, um, and and then what I did, I just um, went back, like found a new job again, hated it, and this is where I went very serious into research and development. Um, still in london i launched my product uh it was it was a massive massive hit at launch Uh, but then my husband told me i'm so sorry like for because of my work and for other personal reasons we have to move to the u.s and i was like oh that's fine (laughs) And, and for me mirror wasn't the product honestly it wasn't just Miro isn't, and, and I will explain later on what Miro means, because there is a meaning, a, a very deep meaning into the word we chose Miro, but um, it was it was a mission, and it was just the idea that if you convince people that uh, plant-based sweet treats are delicious, they can start to switch progressively and do baby steps towards a plant-based lifestyle. So this mm. was the aim, and and for me, it wasn't a product, so I thought, okay, okay, fine. <laughs> Let's move to the US. So I took a bit, like I took a bit of time and, and then I contracted gestational diabetes and I went oh, back to work. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, so wow. this is where I created my line of chocolate and baking products. Gotcha. So did you sell your ice cream company then? Uh, no. The reason why I didn't sell my ice cream company is because there is so much um, IP. So, so much knowledge. Uh, that I'm hoping of one day launching it here to launching those products here. Because if I launch, if I sell the company, I will have to sell um, like all the recipes, the processes, like the the contacts, the suppliers. And and this was a lot of hard work. Um, yeah. So I I hope one day I will be able to launch it in the US. We didn't start with this because the market has already a lot of beautiful ice creams, but mm-hmm. we believe that, If people trust us enough because the chocolate and baking goodies are very good, they will trust us for the ice cream. So it's something that we would like to launch in a few years from now. Gotcha. Is it still, are you still manufacturing and selling it in Europe? No, I've stopped. So now we are hundred percent US business. With COVID, I couldn't travel back and forth anymore. It was just too hard. Oh, wow. Okay. So
0: so now we, we get to Miro. So please share with us the meaning of the name, where it came from. Yes. You said it's a mission-driven company.
1: Yes. So Miro is actually, it comes from Latin. And it means uh, to wonder. And it just describes the idea that when you pause, to uh, to enjoy what you're eating, like just transports you to another place where you wonder and where you're more present, more mindful. So it's just a re- it was a reminder to myself to be more mindful of little moments of joy. Because mm-hmm. interestingly enough, when you give an ice cream, when you give a chocolate bar to anyone, like it can be like children or it can be grown ups or elderly, they all have a smile. They all get to this place and uh, this beautiful place of joy, and life is made of small uh, moments of joy. And, and the, the message is more, do take your time to wonder, be more mindful during those little moments of joy because they make a life at the end of the day. And it was a re- reminder to myself, who was always like coffee, phone and, and emails and work. And yeah, it was a, a, a reminder to myself. So that's mm-hmm. why we called it mirror. Oh, that's fantastic! So, I am very
0: helpful. Hopeful that your company is just very successful. the The chocolates are delicious. I've tried them myself, and I love that because you know a lot of times people may, they're eating a whole food, plant based diet, but they maybe want some chocolate chips or something to add to or already healthy dessert, but to give it that little extra. This is a perfect um, opportunity to to buy your product, and so the links will be in the in the show notes too. But I am curious. Is there a family, uh, your parents are made with other entrepreneurship or do you just like, because launching a food, I mean, that just seems so, and you've done it twice now. Um, that just seems so hard in, it is. in a young person. It's,
1: it's a lot of courage. It, it, it is. The reason why it's very hard is because when you measure things, at the end of the day, you feel people's bodies right? Mm. And, and it has to, to go hand in hand with their health. And um, so, you have a certain responsibility. And, um, and at a very young age, I, I, was, I realized that. My dad is an entrepreneur as well, but not in the food industry. Uh, but I always had this fascination for food uh, because it was my mom's way to express her love so my mom is North African it's the way they've lived around food and and food has always been at the center of the relationships and when they show love they they show it through through food um, so for me it was it was something that came very naturally to me um, so so no it's not like I, I'm not the descendant of like a generation of food entrepreneur. My dad was an entrepreneur. And to be honest, I I would have never thought I would become an entrepreneur. It wasn't my dream. Not at all. I, I went in investment banking because I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. And and asking to wait an 18 years old to know what they want to do for the rest of their lives is bold. And so you do what whatever other people do. <laughs> you just follow the crowd. And I followed the crowd. and And I was very disappointed um Mm -hmm. so so i just thought food is everything to me is just the way i I grew up um so i want to do this for the rest of my life plus it Mm -hmm. went like this plant-based change in my like my lifestyle my new lifestyle was did so much positive stuff for me um Mm -hmm. And and then I contracted gestational diabetes due to food again. So it keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. So for me, it's yeah, that, that's the reason why I I became a, a food entrepreneur. Oh, that's awesome. So
0: you're exactly right. Um, so many people show their love through food, and it's yeah. we build. I mean, kitchen is many times the hub of the home. Um yes. it, it's it's very true. I. I totally love feeding families and friends healthy food, and right. So it's a, uh, but it's interesting when we first went plant based ten years ago. My husband was like, "We're having Thanksgiving because you need to go ahead and make the turkey and stuff." I was like, "No, I don't. <laughs> I was like, it's okay to change tradition, right? You're still giving yeah. yummy food, but you're just doing it in a body that you're fe- doing it in a way that'll feed the body health in." make us all feel better at the end of the day so yes I think that's fabulous oh, it's yes. so exciting
1: i don't know for you but for me what fascinates me the most about the plant-based lifestyle is the creativity in the kitchen mm. you have to be creative the way you replace eggs the way you all those colors on on the on plate and and all those kind of things i mean it's just i just love it and mm. um yeah, and, and I'm not surprised that you said to your husband, let's replace traditions. He's <laughs> just so worth
0: it. Yeah, yeah no, it, it is, um, you know, the flavor, the textures. And I, I really feel, in, in America especially, our culture is so, um, well, in many parts of the United States, it's very bland, it's very American, it's fried, it's standard American diet until you go to a plant-based diet. I mean, we ha- we ate fairly healthy. I mean, because I grew up in a home with minimal money. So we grew a lot of our vegetables. We ate a lot of beans, a lot of potatoes. We had some yes. meat. There were dairy, but it was much, much more limited. Yeah, Never had processed food because my mom's like, I'm not buying that because it's expensive and it won't last. <laughs> and I'm like, this worked out. It really did. Um, but what was interesting though is the changing the um adventuresome component of eating right so then it goes to I'm okay and excited to go try Ethiopian or Thai food or things that you know outside the standard you know hamburger joint or the steak joint or the occasional Chinese or Mexican because I grew up in New Mexico um so that that actually um was really cool to experience right I remember the first time I had hummus I was like where was you all my life? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, what is going on? There's a whole world that I've been missing out on. What's over?
1: What was his life?
0: <laughs> oh my. I was like. This is the most <gasps> delectable, delicious thing ever. And so I was like, yes. they're so versatile. You can put it on anything and it's just better. <laughs> <So>. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I everything. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's a pita, it's vegetables. It doesn't matter. It's, it's all better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, oh my gosh. Yes, yeah, so absolutely. And then the joy now that you have a little person a three-year-old um, that gets to see mom do this. What a great experience for her and an example. So here we yes. go. That's fantastic. So I'm so excited for you. And it's M-I-I-I-R-O.com. Dot .co. Dot co dot crow. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. Dot .co. And um, I'm excited to see where you go. But is there um, anything that you'd like Feel like people should try first that you are really excited about or any new products or anything my
1: two favorite products are the peanut butter cups and oh. the peanut butter baking chips like yeah, people can't even bake with them because they just finish the bag. Like <laughs> they just like. that's that's what we like. The, the, our consumers tell us all the time because yes. peanut butter baking chips. Um, so and then dark chocolate baking chips are just a good dark mm-hmm. chocolate baking chips. But I would I would start with those two because yes. especially the peanut butter cups are, just like another, it's They're just delicious. One.
0: Those are the first things that disappeared. So whenever I got <laughs> got your box. I have to, so my my two boys were at home, my older boys, and they're um, they're in their mid-20s. <laughs> and they're like, what do you got there? And I was like, I have to try these. You guys can have what's left. <laughs> so you know, it was really fun. But the, it was all gone within the day. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. So. You know, um everyone check it out. It's a it's a great alternative to the other stuff when you're looking to add to your already healthy diet and you're looking for that little bit of extra. Um, especially if you know the holidays or celebrations, that's always fun too to really just kind of share that with someone who's like, I can't eat a plant-based diet. What would I do without my chocolate? Well, here we go. So, okay, there you go. So absolutely. So Ruby, thanks so much. Is there um any last bit of advice or anything you'd like
1: to share with anyone? Um, i would say for someone who is thinking of a plant-based diet maybe um, and that doesn't know how how to start i think so for me starting with a dairy free challenge for two weeks was mm. the best thing i could ever done because it just removes the pressure and nowadays there are so many like dairy alternatives mm. so i think it can really um just remove the complexity and um, it's not very complex to go plant-based but it can sound a little bit uh, intimidating so it just helps with that
0: a lot oh absolutely i think you're exactly. there's so many uh, dairy alternatives now that it's yeah i I don't think that should be a problem for anyone be a taste or texture so absolutely yeah so well thank you again for your delicious oh uh, a hundred percent. right? <laughs> and I don't think people would stick with it if they, if they couldn't find flavor. And honestly, I would say my flavor profile has expanded dramatically since going to a plant-based diet. So 100%. Um, yeah, absolutely. But thank you again. And everyone, please, you know, click out the, click the links and check them out and give an order and uh, add that to your repertoire of things to put in your pantry in case you need some delicious chocolate or peanut butter chocolate chips, <laughs> all of it. Um, but thank you, Rem, again for your time. Thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoyed that video. Before you go, though, please hit the subscribe and alert buttons so you don't miss out on any of the amazing content we're working so hard to provide you. We upload a new episode of Health & Mora with Dr. Lori Marbus every Friday. Now, if you'd rather listen to the podcast, you can find us on all the major platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. If you're looking for amazing resources to help you start and sustain a plant-based diet, exercise, recipes, or anything wellness, we got you covered there too. Because at MORA, we actually provide physician-led support groups to help people live happier, healthier lives free of metabolic disease. Don't forget to check out our website at mora.com. And thanks again for watching.